in a world filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Hi, everybody. It's the Halloween edition of the Get Ready for the Future show, and we are all about the fright. Hey, if you had to build your haunted house of finance, what would be inside? And what would it take to keep your cool? We're here to help. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome in, everybody, to our live stream on this Wednesday morning. And if you're listening on Saturday morning all across the state of Arkansas on radio, my name is Scott Inman, and I am glad to be back hosting the show once again this week with John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker in the other room. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Yeah, we're we're now calling you Scott Headroom, right? Scott Headroom. I like it. <laughs> I, I we'll like roll with that. There's something comforting of this isolation that I have. I don't I don't know. Maybe I'll keep doing this even after COVID is gone. <laughs> I, I don't know. Hey, we were just here, by the way. Yeah, we, we yeah were. just last night. Just a few hours ago, if you missed our election town hall, uh, there is an opportunity for you to watch it. You can look at the video on our Facebook page. If you did join us for that, which we had uh, well over 100 people join us for that, thank you for that as well. We were one week out last night from the presidential election, and we had Roby Brock on from Talk Business and Politics to talk about the latest polling and what he thinks may transpire. And we also talked a lot about how different possible outcomes from the election could impact your finances from an investing standpoint, from a retirement standpoint, taxes, all of that. I would highly encourage if you missed that to go back and watch the video. We are also airing on radio on Halloween. Now, I don't know if there's any correlation between the spookiness of Halloween and Election Day. Some people would say they're synonymous, but we're talking <laughs> about fear today on the Get Ready for the Future show. When you think about haunted houses, and I, I can't remember the last time I was in one, at least when. I remember the what. I don't remember how many years ago it was, but I can remember I had it had to be fairly close to adulthood because I remember being close to the same height that I am now. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm six foot three or, 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 well, I'm shrinking now, but I used to be six foot three. <laughs> and, I, and I can remember being in closed in crawl spaces in, in this haunted house. And it wasn't, it wasn't the sounds or the, or the darkness that got me. It was the claustrophobia. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If You're you, a big dude to be like yes, that. Yeah. You turn the lights off and, and I'm in a closed in space and I don't know what's happening. I don't know. You, you guys have any memories of being in a haunted house? I, I remember going to one at uh, a place called the Tack House in in El Dorado. There was a teenage club and and it was kind of a community place. And they they did it up as a haunted house. And you know when you're in the dark, almost anything can be scary. Oh yeah, right. But when you turn the lights on, it's it's like oh that's all that was. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and I actually had that experience because I went through the house and and had the daylight scared out of me but it was toward the end of the evening so i just kind of hung around because i wanted to know what was that stuff i put my hands in you know and (laughs) and so you walk over there and you figure out it's spaghetti then they told you it was brains or something like that you know and and uh but but it's really interesting that the difference between dark and light makes all the difference in the world and when you're thinking about finances janet we believe education is the light switch that turns on and illuminates everything for you and makes everything less scary yeah my my haunted house story is actually uh, the behind the scenes story not the ones going through it I, I went to a very small elementary school and the third through sixth grade we were in an a-frame building and kindergarten through second was in another building and so we the big kids would set up a a haunted house for the little kids to come through and this is where you crawl through cardboard boxes and that type of stuff scott we didn't have anybody over six feet in kindergarten through second grade so it worked out okay but but john what you're talking about where you know we knew what was there we knew that it was spaghetti or you know whatever it might be but these little kids and i say little kids they were only a few years younger than i was but they were terrified of you know all this stuff because they didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. So I think you've hit on a, a key point that education brings into play when you're scared about anything, whether it's a haunted house, whether it's your money, whatever it might be. Oh. Uh, Scott, I have to admit that Roby kind of invoked 
provoked a little bit of fear on me last night because uh, he went through all these scenarios how this whole election thing could get drug out and we might not know the makeup of the Senate or maybe even the president for, uh, you know, days or maybe weeks. And, and that gives me a little bit of panic because markets don't like uncertainty. And when we're talking about where we're going with our money, I'd like to have a little bit of certainty. And, and uh, I remember the days when it was over at 10 o'clock at night, you knew who the president was, but I don't think we're going to go there this time. Well, we certainly live in uncertain times, you know, and I, and I think it's interesting too, from a psychological standpoint, that we like to go to haunted houses, that we like to watch horror movies. There's something about yeah. us that enjoys being scared or frightened, at least in a fun way. I, I don't think we really enjoy um, being fearful from our from a financial perspective. However, we are quick to do it. <laughs> you know, that's the interesting thing. I, th- I think a lot of people are fearful. So we're going to talk today about the top three fears that we've identified. If you have a fear and you're watching on our live stream today, shoot it to us in a comment in the comment section. We'd be glad to talk about that too. But our top three fears is what we're going to be talking about financially uh, on the Get Ready for the Future show. And number one we'll get into here, we only have about three and a half minutes or so of this segment, so we may carry it into the uh, segment after the break. But this is the bona fide top fear of all people, really, because it's statistically been surveyed, uh, running out of money and being broke in retirement. Th- mm-hmm. This is a fear that people, uh, according to surveys that we've seen, fear worse than death. Yeah, Scott, it is a legit fear. It's not something that is kind of the haunted house type fear that it really is no nothing behind it. It is a very legit fear of running out of money, especially if you are what in our industry we call a constrained investor, right. Janet. And that means you've got enough money to make it if everything goes OK, but you don't have a whole lot of margin of error. I think it's it's all about, you know, what what your reality is. One of the ways that people get into this situation where they fear running out of money and not just like kind of, you know, maybe it might happen, but where they really are thinking it's a possibility legitimately. I think one of the things that gets us to that point is another fear, and that's that we're not we're not happy with whatever it is we have. We fear that it's not going to be okay if we don't buy that thing, or it's not going to be okay if we're not keeping up with the Joneses. And that's, it. we don't normally put a fear level on that, but really it is a, it's a type of fear. And so as we respond to and satisfy that fear, fear, then sometimes you wind up in this situation where running out of money is a legitimate possibility for you. And I think, too, when you're in your 40s, maybe you don't think about that. You don't worry about that. But I think about a gentleman we had in our West Little Rock office not that long ago, just a couple of weeks ago, who was an aggressive investor. And he told us, he said, I I have been through the ups and downs all through my life of, of managing my own money, and it never bothered me. But when COVID happened and he's now Mm -hmm. wanting to retire two years from now, he pulled all of his money out while it was on the way down. And he knew it was a mistake when he did it. But emotion, the fear then kicks in and you make really some bad or could make some irrational or or bad decisions with your money. Scott, you've got to face your fears when it comes to money. And and in this case, you've got to take account. And what does that mean? That means basically sitting down with an advisor and going, okay, where am I at? And do I need to make up some ground to get there? And if that's the case, you may be needing to hear not right now. Uh, maybe now is not the time to retire, but maybe it is, but you just need to be doing it in a specific way that benefits you from retirement. And so you may be already retired. And, and Janet, I think an advisor can help out as someone who is already retired. Oh, we, yeah. had, we had a, a person uh, contacting us last night on the on the video uh, feed that we were doing last night saying, hey, I'm already retired. What do I need to do? If you're already retired, you can hugely benefit from a proper asset allocation and a proper strategy like the income for life model you know it's it's all about balance it's not being too conservative or too aggressive but it's also not your typical 60 40 split there's way more to it than that and it's personalized for you that's the importance of having a plan that is unique for your individual situation yeah we hear it time and time again a a lot of people are good at putting money into their 401k and growing it but when it comes to the end of their work life and they need a plan on how to spend it and not run out that's where most people are in the dark they're in that haunted house and they need that light switch flipped on and that's what a financial plan uh, can do for you that's what the gen wealth ready to retire process is built to do we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, as we roll through the top three financial fears on this halloween edition of the get ready for the future show 
There's more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after the break. Stick around. This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life, whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across central Arkansas, there is a Genwealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From Genwell Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Our pleasure to be on with you on the fastest four minutes in investing. I'm Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury with me today. And on the Get Ready for the Future show, we're talking about fear as it relates to uh, haunted houses and Halloween, but also your finances, right? And, you know, it occurs to me, I'm wearing my I Voted sticker today. I, I went today uh, as of the recording of this and voted and, and I'm done with it. I went yesterday. You went, so you're done with it. You've, yep. you've made your voice heard and now it's over. And, no, and I, no well, it's not over. For us personally though, and it, and it yeah. gives us a little a little insight into, you know, I'm going to be glad when all of this yeah. is over. And I don't mean just the election, but, but the COVID pandemic. When we talk about fear, John, we're in a holding pattern, I think, from an economic and investment standpoint because of the fear that exists. Yeah, we have a, a crisis in confidence right now. You know, things have opened back up to a large extent, especially here in Arkansas. Arkansas never shut down. But uh, across the country, you know, we have, uh, I guess, sort of a checkered checkerboard of things that are open, things that are not. But we don't have the issues of supply anymore. You know, when right. when everything came to a screeching halt, you couldn't get anything, you know, toilet paper gone, you know, all of that type of thing was going on. We don't have a supply issue. We have a confidence issue because consumers are now in the situation where they're just not in the mood to turn loose of money, to spend money, to uh, go on trips and things of that nature. And, and that is creating a bit of a recession, but not an economic recession, but a recession in what I call the great American consumer confidence. Yeah. And when you look at what the market has done since the pandemic, you know, everybody was worried about how fast it came back. It was coming back too quickly, but really the data is starting to show that some of that made sense, right? I mean, we have come out of, as you said, the economic recession. So how do we get out of the confidence recession. And I think that confidence is on multi-layers, the uncertainty of the election, who's going to be the president, what's going to happen if we change presidents to policy. Um, But there is still the COVID pandemic that is very real for many Americans. Well, when you have, you know, a constant uh, uh, din of people telling you it's bad, it's bad, it's really bad, it's so bad, I can't even begin to tell you how bad it is, then your confidence gets, you know, nicked up a little bit. And so it's understandable that we are in this situation, but how do you dig out? of it and and i think that a lot of things change when an election is over because all of a sudden all the drum beating stops and whoever is in the white house whoever is in control of congress they're going to be about making their mark on things and moving forward because that's what they want to do and so i think that we're in a situation here where we've got a little bit of a slog that we've got to work through and Mm -hmm. we may see that affect the markets we are already seeing this week the market being way more volatile because of the uprising in in COVID cases and the now uprising of conversation of more shutdowns. And Mm -hmm. I, and I heard actually a commentator on TV this morning talking about the fact that it isn't the rise in COVID cases. It's the reaction to shutting the country down again. That's not something that a lot of people want to go back to. And there is a great deal of speculation and frankly, some, some cynicism about whether that's really legit or not. I would also say that, uh, that, volatility could be tied to not just the uncertainty of the election outcome that's coming next week, but how long it's going to take before we get an outcome. I would encourage you to watch our interview with Talk Business and Politics, Roby Brock, who was on with us for our election town hall. You can watch that video on Facebook because he talks about uh, the fact that the Senate majority a question may not be answered right away. The electoral college may not be answered right away. And so we could be in this holding pattern for, for many, many, many weeks. Put your seatbelt on because yeah. we've got a, a, a few rough days to come. We'll see how it goes. 
The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. Are you following us on social media? Search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at GenWealthFA so you don't miss out on behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. The Get Ready for the Future show will be back after this. Do you have a burning question? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the Gen Wealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Get Ready for the Future show is live every Wednesday morning at 1130 on Facebook or YouTube. Your choice on how to get there. And of course, uh, every Saturday morning all across Central Arkansas on radio. Glad to have you along. My name is Scott Inman along with John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker as we talk about the haunted house of financial fears. Yes. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. I, I, th- I wanted to summon my, uh, oh, I've forgotten the guy's name on Thriller from Michael Jackson. What's the uh, uh, Vincent Vince, Price? Vincent Price. Yeah, boy, that would be nice right yeah. now, wouldn't it, to have yeah. his voice on, on the haunted house? But we, hey, it, I don't guess there really are any haunted houses this year with, in COVID 19 land. I don't imagine we're allowed to get that close to one another. But yeah, you got to get close to be, uh, be scared. You know, yeah. it's, yes. it's hard yeah. to be scared at six feet. <laughs> six <laughs> feet gives me plenty of room to run. Yeah. <laughs> Social distancing and haunted house don't really go together. Uh, but we, hey, were you having some fun with it today? Uh, as this airs on radio on Saturday, it actually is Halloween, and we're talking about our top financial fears and and how to kind of overcome those. and And our top fear in the last segment was running out of money or, and or being broke in retirement. Running out of money before you run out of time. That's what we work on day in and day out with our clients who are approaching or are in retirement. We're building retirement income plans. They're built to last as long as you do. And we'll revisit that as the show goes on today. But we're going to move on to fear number two right now. And this is a big one, too. I think maybe one of the top, um, we'll, we'll call it, a, it's voiced as a concern. I don't know if it's always a fear, but a lot of folks who come to our offices and have appointments with our financial advisors are worried about taxes. How are taxes going to affect me? And they think they're going to be killed by taxes in retirement. Scott, this just gets ramped up when it's presidential election time and yeah. you have uh, Joe Biden very blatantly saying, I'm going to raise your taxes mm-hmm. and, and and making no bones about it. Uh, he says that's what he's going to do. So that puts fear in people's hearts, whether they're likely to be impacted by that tax increase or not. Uh, if Biden holds true to his word, he would only raise taxes on people that are making over $400,000 a year. But I think that that's a little bit of a misnomer because of some of the other things that are going on. But here's the here's the real premise that, that a lot of people are kind of constantly scared about outside the presidential election time period. The premise is that the rising natural uh, national debt and the continued borrowing in Washington causes people to be fearful of their prospects of a financially stable retirement. Uh, you know, as John would say, those chickens have got to come home to roost at some point in time. As we, you know, uh, just spit out $2 trillion for yeah. COVID and then another $2 trillion for more COVID. And by the way, that's on top of all the deficit spending that we've been doing all these years. Well, and if you add to it, going back to potential Biden and administration if you add to it uh, people going to community colleges for free you know for two years for a community college uh, time period then you know that's free is not free it's got to be paid for and so that's a lot of the reason that they're looking at the increased taxes and so what we see guys let's get back to the fear aspect of taxes what we see is that for most Arkansans your your assets what you're going to live off of in retirement in most cases is pre-tax money Okay, it's in your 401k and has not yet been taxed. And there is some fear mongering going on Mm -hmm. in our state from people that you would assume are financial advisors. There's a difference in the distinction. But anyway, there there are people who are playing on your fear about this and telling you that you need to plan accordingly for your taxes. Here's the deal. If your money has not been taxed yet, it must be taxed for you to access it. There is no way for you to avoid that. And if you follow the path that they're guiding you along, frankly, you're going to pay a whole lot more in taxes in one year to get it out of a pre-tax situation. If it has to go from pre-tax to post-tax, guess what? 
you have to pay taxes. So to plan to do that, John, throughout your retirement rather than one year for a big strategy, like we've had people come in and go, I want to convert all of mine to Roth because I want to get it in a post-tax situation. You're going to take a half a million dollars in your 401k and you're going to pay taxes on that all in one year? I don't think you really want to do that. You know, you're looking at paying six figures in taxes just to get out of a taxable situation. So here's the other thing I want to point out on that, though. I would like for you to switch your mindset on this. Let's look at the value, at the benefit, at the positive aspect of having that money grow all of the years that you've had it tax deferred. Whatever amount of money you started putting in on your first paycheck when you deferred into your 401k, you didn't pay taxes on that. And you didn't pay taxes on the next time you put it in or the next time or the next time. And all of that growth that's in there, you hadn't paid any taxes on it. At some point, that money is taxable. It's not a big evil beast out there. Your 401k has served you very well. It is the reason that most Arkansans are able to retire. Don't be afraid of it. Just plan for it. And and I, I've got to say, Scott, that this type of fear-mongering has been going on for, for years and years and years. I can remember going back to uh, the 1980s. He's now deceased, but a, a very popular mm-hmm. Christian financial counselor, Larry Burkett, had a, a ton of people convinced that Bill Clinton was going to confiscate all of your IRA money to be able to pay the national debt. And, and let me say there that I, I remember studying Larry Burkett materials at my church, and yeah. there was a lot of truth and a lot of value and very solid principles in what was being taught. Then there was this fear-mongering in this particular arena. You have to be aware of that. If something if something is delivered into, to you in such a way that it causes you to bristle with fear, you got to ask why. You know, I mean, the reason we educate as much as we do is to alleviate your fears. Mm-hmm. If you understand, you're not going to be afraid. Scott, oftentimes this message in this day and time comes from someone who, who refers to your IRA as a tax bomb that is just sitting there waiting to kill you in retirement uh, because of all the taxes that are going to be due. Well, what you find out when you kind of lift the hood on those uh, situations is that their pitch is to say, okay, Take your retirement money out of your retirement account over the next four or five years. And by the way, they very quietly say and pay taxes on it, but then put it into, of all things, cash value life insurance, where you can then take tax-free withdrawals from it. Well, guess what? You've already paid taxes on it. You can take a tax-free withdrawal from it if it's in a coffee can in the backyard. You did not slay the tax monster in that. The tax monster slayed you. That's right. And and you just have to understand you have had a benefit of of those assets growing tax-deferred, tax-free over all of those years. And at some point, you have to pay taxes. But again, let's go back to the $500,000 example, guys. It's not like you have to pay taxes on all of that in one year. If you pull out, let's say, $20,000 to supplement Social Security, whatever it is you might have, you pull out twenty to 25000 that's the part you're paying taxes on. Let me ask you this. Would you go to your employer right now and say, hey, you know what, that income that you're paying me, it's taxable, so I'm going to want you to stop paying me because I don't want to have to pay taxes. You don't want to avoid taxes completely because then you avoid income. There has to be a way to deal with this realistically. Let, let me add this, too, because I think in, in what we do every day, building retirement income plans, retirement income is not the same as pre-retirement income. That's right. And, and yeah. by that, I mean more than likely you're going to be earning more money towards the end of your work life than you're going to be receiving in retirement, which could potentially put you in a lower tax bracket. And then you have the issue of Social Security. Yep. Your Social Security benefit is not fully taxed. I know it stinks to hear that any of it is taxed, but more than likely up to 85% of it could be taxed, but not all of it is. So you're, And it's not uh, taxed in the state of Arkansas uh, on, on the state level. So you've got a portion of your retirement income that won't be taxed. And when if you're a married couple filing jointly and then uh, are not taking as much income and you have the standard deduction where it is right now, more than likely your overall tax burden, guys, is going to be lower in retirement. Uh, that's a very uh, real possibility. Now let's address the, the issue about Roth IRA conversions because mm-hmm. we believe that a Roth IRA is probably one of the best things that you can have. However, it doesn't make sense if you don't have a long time period to let a Roth IRA conversion 
can grow tax deferred growth, it doesn't make a lot of sense to convert it unless you feel like that that you're going to be in a higher tax bracket later than you are right now. And sometimes, John, will also use that for dollars that you're labeling for the next generation. If, if we're pretty sure that there's a portion that you're going to pass on to your heirs, then even though you may have a shorter time horizon, it's good to get that into Roth dollars for the next generation. Let me, let me uh, very pointedly point out that for accumulators, for people that are, let's say between 25 and 45, maybe 50 years old, if you have IRA money, that is eligible to be converted to a Roth. And there are some uh, particulars that you want to go through with your financial advisor to do that because the tax laws are a little bit tricky on this. But you want to be sure that that you are eligible to convert it to a Roth. And if you are, then that's the time period that makes the most sense for you to actually do a conversion. Why? Because you have a long time period to allow the tax-free accumulation of interest or gain or however you want to state that to actually benefit you. Oftentimes when people come in to uh, and they're right uh, ready for retirement right before they retire, they're talking about, I'd like to convert my Roth IRA. Man, no, you won't because you're actually in a high tax bracket right now at your job. And if you convert, then you've got to pay taxes on top of your earnings for that Roth conversion. And if you convert all of it, then that is a tax bomb that you want to avoid. So Scott, there's a lot here. And and I think the key here is if you're interested in saving money on taxes, you got to start early Mm -hmm. and prepare yourself for that running right up to the date of retirement doesn't make sense. And then the second thing would be that don't get scared into Mm -hmm. doing something by somebody jawboning you about taxes, sit down and take a very clear eyed look at Mm -hmm. where you are and how you might actually access that that money in retirement and figure out if there are some strategies. And if there are great, and if there aren't, then don't be buffaloed into something and it costs yourself way more money. You know, we've seen, uh, we've had quite a few people over the years come in who have heard, you know, all the things about, you know, taking care of taxes and all the fear mongering about it and have come in and gone, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Just, you know, bug eyed as can be. And really they've already done everything that they can but they were afraid because they didn't know so if you're wondering what your situation is reach out to us sit down with an advisor and we'll get you that answer so that you don't have to wonder about it i think there's a clear point to bring up too that draws a distinction uh, between what we do and what some others do is it is situational everything is situational so if you hear someone saying everybody should do this Run, run, run from that because it is not a one size fits all approach. You have to ask yourself, why is it being touted as a one size fits all approach? All right. So that's fear number two. We've talked about taxes in this segment. Hope you're still with us. Sometimes that's not fun to talk about. <laughs> fear number three coming your way right after this. More wisdom from Arkansas's most listened to financial talk show is just around the corner after the break. Stay tuned. Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show, and we're back for more. The Get Ready for the Future show is live every Wednesday morning at 1130 on YouTube or Facebook, and of course on the radio every Saturday across the state of Arkansas, and this Saturday is Halloween, and we're just a few days before the presidential election. If you missed our election town hall that we I had on October 27th. We invite you to go to our Facebook page. You can watch that video. And uh, we're also going to put up just Roby Brock's interview. So if you just want to get some information about the the polling and where his thoughts are as we come up on the uh, presidential election, prepare yourselves for possibly uh, not knowing on November 4th any more than we knew on November 3rd because he (laughs) he does think on both the presidential side and the Senate majority question that neither one of those might be answered uh, for a little while anyway, which kind of leads us right into our last fear today. We're talking about uh, the house of financial fear or the haunted house of financial fear. And we've talked, we've identified three top fears uh, that are perpetuated uh, in the media and by others, um, but also do take real hold on some people when it comes to their money. And our top fear was running out of money and being broke in retirement. We'll get back to that one a little bit towards the end of the broadcast. In the last segment, we talk about taxes and 
the thought that taxes are going to kill you in retirement and how to deal with that. Our third one is I'm going to lose all my money if I invest in the stock market. And with volatility uh, just around the corner in our minds with the election uncertainty and possibly even for the rest of 2020, this one can take center stage for any investor. I think, um, John and Janet, that I, I think about this in terms of people who are closer to retirement, but we do know there are young people yeah. uh, still, uh, millennials, in fact. There's studies that show this, that they're fearful of investing their money in the stock market as well. Guys, I, I want to talk for just a moment about gold. We didn't have this on our docket in this section, but I just thought about, um, John, if you remember, and this kind of goes in, in cycles, but there have been times throughout our career where people will advertise very strongly, um, you know, buy gold, buy gold. And one of the things that they say is gold has never gone to zero. <laughs> okay, again, that's a fear mongering type of deal. You know what? The market has never gone to zero. Okay, so let's distinguish here between you're going to lose all of your money and the impact that volatility might have. Because losing all of your money is a complete absence of any connection with reality. Let the older guy in the room here who's been in this industry for 32 years say that I have never in my 32 years of experience, ever seen anyone lose all their money in a properly diversified right. portfolio. I understand I said a properly diversified portfolio. Have I seen people lose all their money in a stock, one stock? Yes, I have seen that when a company went bankrupt or uh, got into some financial turmoil because of some shady dealings of their uh, CEO or something like that. But hear me, I have never seen anybody lose all their money in a properly diversified portfolio. It just hasn't happened. Even people that make stupid decisions with their money <laughs> have not lost all their money in a properly diversified portfolio. So put a pin in that one and just go, okay, if I'm properly diversified, my chances of losing all of my money are next to zero. So yeah. let's let's just suffice it to say that right off the bat. So from there, if we're not going to lose all of it, and we're not, let's go to the question of volatility. So we do expect, particularly in the time from you know election day until we have an answer, however long that is. We've we've said for many years the market does not like uncertainty. Now there's a good bit of this that's already baked in because the market is a forward-looking lo instrument. However. We expect to see more impact from that. And so if you know that going in, then it helps you prepare and have your assets allocated accordingly so that you don't have to react with fear. But the main thing you need to prepare is your mindset. Because if you're an accumulator, so let's say you're, you know, you're a few years out from retirement or many years out from retirement, you're still really focused on that accumulation phase, then you know what? Let the market do what it's going to do. When it goes down, if you're invested in something that's paying dividends, it's paying you more to, to, you know, while you're down, you're getting more shares reinvested during that time. Let it do its thing. Eventually, it'll come back up. We don't know what eventually means in that case, depending on what you're invested in, how long of a, or short of a time period. We're expecting volatility. Don't react emotionally. Be planning for it. And Scott, I would say that right alongside the emotion of it, there are some fundamental principles that you've got to follow uh, when you're thinking about investing. And one of them is something called time in the market. Mm -hmm. And I want to kind of do a little bit of a deep dive here. Uh, the time in the market, this information that we're going to talk about is uh, derived from a publication that JP Morgan does called The Guide to the Markets. And the foundation of this principle is don't invest money in the market that you're going to need to spend in less than 10 years. That's just a basic principle of you don't want an equity investment that you're going to need in something less than 10 years being exposed mm -hmm. to the potential volatility in the market. That's the time in the market. Now, here are the facts. Based on the returns of the S&P 500, a one-year investment in the S&P 500 has historically gained as much as 47%. That's the high that anybody's ever seen on the S&P 500 in one year time period. 
But also, during that same one-year time period, you could see a decline as much as 39%. So a lot of volatility in any one-year time period. Now, if you go out to a five-year time period, that range goes from as high as 28% return on the upside to as low as negative three. So you see what's happened that you erase that volatility to some degree by going out just five years. But we said, don't have your money in the market that you're going to need in less than 10 years. So why do we say that? If you take a look at the 10-year period of time, a rolling 10-year average, the highest average return has been 19%, and the lowest 10-year period is negative 1%. Wow. So you really erase almost all risk in the market if you stretch it out, historically speaking, if you stretch it out for a 10-year period of time. But here's the kicker. Over a 20-year period of time, there has historically never been an incident, where instance that is, where the S&P 500 has returned less than 6%, with the average being 115 I'm sorry, 11.2, and the highest being about 17 years over, 17%. Yeah, I'm sorry, 17% over a 20-year period of time. So the point is, is that time has the ability to heal almost every wound that you could get in the stock market. And if you follow a basic principle of time in the market and don't invest money that you're going to need in the next 10 years, then the chances are you'll do just fine. I think this goes really to perspective when you think about, are you looking at the near term or are you looking at the long term? And, and, mm -hmm. and all those stats bear that out. But I think about the fear mongering. We talked about that in the last segment when it comes to taxes, the fear mongering that's out there. And I don't know that it's always intentional, but there is this hair on fire mentality if you're watching the financial news, right? That, that everything bad is happening every day. Something's wrong with the market every day. I think there's a stat that says that there, the average year in the in an average year in the S and P 500, you're going to have a 10 percent correction. Oh right? yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. So volatility is always there, so it goes back to if you're not planning on touching it in one year and you're you're not going to touch it for 10 years, then why do we pay so much attention to the hair on fire mentality that's going on right in front of us? Guys, I, I want to. We've talked about the time in the market, but I want to contrast to that that to the phrase timing the market because yes. a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people are very focused on that. We had that question last night, like, is it a good time to invest? We're wanting to do a Roth IRA. Do we do it now or do we wait? Just do it. If you have the money and you're ready to start your plan otherwise, then now is the time for you to invest. Don't try to time the market. It is more about time in the market. That's why, you know, all these numbers that John just went through over the elongated periods of time, it doesn't matter exactly when you start. When you look at it a short period of time, it might matter. But over time, that short little window is not going to matter. Just get in. Just do it. Scott, the other principle that you've got to follow when investing in the market is diversification. You know, I said earlier that I have seen people lose all their money by investing in a single stock. That is not diversification. Investing in all uh, large cap growth stocks is really not diversification. You've got to have a diversified portfolio and a properly diversified portfolio. And the statistics bear that out. The same JP Morgan guide to the market indicates that a mix of 60% stocks and 40% bonds historically over the last 20 years has returned nearly the same average as the S&P 500 with much less risk. 6.1% uh, of the uh, for the 500 versus 5.4% for that 60-40 mix. But when you take a look at the average return of the investor, it's about 2.5% over that same period of time. So what what is what makes an investor have less return? It is their emotion. It is their their thought processes that, and that fear and moving, zigging when they should have zagged and, and cashing out when the market goes down. All of those types of things go to lower the average investor return compared to just putting it in the market, being properly diversified and let time take its course. You know, I think about this principle of diversification. Occasionally, we have folks who come into uh, our office for an appointment, and they think we have that secret investment, right? We have that home run that we're going to hit for them that nobody yeah. else knows about. Well, think about what you're really trying to achieve. What is the purpose of saving money all of your life? It is to reach a certain outcome. Most of the time, that outcome is retirement. Most of the time, it's alleviating that first fear we talked about, not running out of money and being broke in retirement. It is to have financial independence. I think about a baseball analogy here, guys. The best home run hitters 
ever to play Major League Baseball. Guess what they also did more than anybody else? Struck out. They struck yep. out a lot. <laughs> so when you're trying to hit a home run, you oftentimes strike out. That's the uh, that's the mentality that you should have about you should really be looking more at singles and doubles. That's diversification. This, this yes. goes to the Moneyball movie that we're we're fans of. I watched yes. that recently, and we were talking about you know that that consistency of just get on first base and then do it again and then do it again and then do it again. And if you can do that, you win. But if you're trying to you know look good and and be the home run hitter, guess what? You're going to strike out more often than you're going to get on base. Yeah, this is not Vegas. This is not Wheel of Fortune. And we don't want you to take inordinate risk with your money. That is not something that that you need or we would want you to do. But we do know that you need to be invested in equities for the long haul to overcome inflation. Look, when you retire, you set up your your income uh, based on your needs today. Those needs are going to be more expensive five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years down the road. If you don't have a portfolio that keeps up with inflation and and consequently pays you more in retirement, then you're going to find that financial uh, pressures are going to build up as time goes on. You know, the only issue I have there is Wheel of Fortune's not gambling. I'd clean up at that stuff. <laughs> you at, need to try least out. I do when I'm in my living room anyway. Yeah. Of course you do. We'll of be course. right back. If you want the answer, ask the question. Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question, and we'll answer it on the air. We'll be back in just a moment. Want more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show. It is the Halloween edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. And our final segment today, we thank you for being with us, talking about your fears uh, when it comes to your finances and your money, our top three that we identified. And that first one we talked about way back at the beginning of the broadcast was really has been bored out in survey after survey that the top fear investors have is running out of money before they run out of time. Running out of money and being broke in retirement, that's a top fear. Taxes are going to kill me in retirement. That was our second fear we talked about. And then the final one, I'm going to lose all my money uh, in the stock market. So really, how do you face your fears? That's how we're going to wrap up today. And I would even say, to make this a little more pointed, John and Janet, how do you make financial decisions in your life. I'd like people to think about that for a minute. Do you make it based on how you feel on the day you make it or just a feel for what you think is the right thing or is emotion or fear driving your financial decisions? And is that really the best way? You know, we believe in planning first and building a plan. And then you have a very unbiased, unemotional three ring binder on paper, on purpose, that you refer to. Oh, yeah, that's why we're doing this. Scott, I, and when I was uh, beginning college, I actually explored the idea of being a psychologist because I was just fascinated by the way the mind works and the way we think about things and everything. And I really believe how people deal with money mm-hmm. really is very foundational to how they saw their parents deal with money and maybe oh, the yeah. environment that they were in in their house. If, if some people were in a house that, that money was you know, really not an issue and you know, they, they had very sound practices with their parents as far as money is concerned, then they probably have a pretty healthy outlook on money. But I will tell you that if you lived in a household where money was a fearful subject, where there was a lot of arguments or wailing and gnashing of teeth about fears of being broken, things of that nature, Janet, I believe that takes seed in oh, yeah. a person's soul, and that's how they live. I, I mean, we, we've seen that in study after study. It's just pretty impossible to see it in yourself. But when we talk about people who were raised, people who grew up during the Depression or who were raised by people who grew up during the Depression, like my dad, uh, he was he was born in 1939, uh, but he was tremendously influenced by his grandparents and lived with them for a period of time. And so you see, really, the impact on him was like he was born in an older generation because yeah. he had that that depression era influence from them to a very significant degree. So I would I would question you or challenge you rather to question yourself about what do you, what do you believe about money 
And is it truth? You know, there are things that that I reflect on right now that I'm very glad that I was taught and that was modeled for me. Some of the things were intentionally taught and some of them were just modeled uh, intentionally or accidentally. Um, But like tithing, that is that is something I will never question because every Saturday night, my dad, my dad didn't see very well. And so he didn't write the checks. Mom did. And I remember every Saturday night of my life, him going, Elizabeth, get the checkbook. And they would sit down together and go through through and and write out the check for the church that we would take in the next morning. It was not a question. And there were times when money was insanely tight. It was still, Elizabeth, get the checkbook. That's That happened. It, there was not a time when that didn't get done. Now, we only went out to eat about four times a year. You know, and that's a big difference between yeah. me and my husband. He would love to go out to eat regularly. I don't care for it. it you know, I, I just, I, we do it for convenience. But and it's all not the something, restaurant owners in Arkansas just gasp? I, <laughs> trust me, I eat out enough to take care of you. It's just that I don't really want to. It's a convenience thing, but that's something that we both got from our parents. Now, that can be a minor thing or it can be major. Like, is it within your budget to eat out as much as you're doing? So those are just two very minor examples. Think about what are you doing that you learned financially from your parents? And is it the best path? Scott, I would point out when we go through those three fears, and if you go back and rewind the tape and and listen to what we were saying, there's kind of a common uh, dual theme there of how you deal with that fear and how you overcome that fear. Number one is education. Mm -hmm. You have to learn your way through your fears because it's just like turning on the light in the haunted house. All of a sudden, all that stuff that had your hair standing on end and you, uh, you know, crying for your mama uh, with fear really was stuff that's common everyday household stuff that somebody just told you was a bad thing or told you was going to get you or something like that. So education is the first thing. And I think the second thing is action. You've got to take action. Don't be paralyzed by your fears. Don't be skittish to to seek help because that's what, what the system is that we have in place in this country. Uh, to to assist you. And that is sitting down with a financial advisor and having the opportunity to partner with that financial advisor and say, come alongside me and help me to, number one, understand this. And then secondly, help me to take the actions that are necessary to overcome whatever fears that I may have or to get around those real fears that are out there, those those real threats that are out there, because there are real threats to the financial industry. What you have to know and take action on are the tactics that help you to overcome those real fears and those real issues that could beset your retirement. As I'm listening to you guys talk, I'm trying to put myself in maybe the viewer or listener's shoes. And, and many people may be quick to go, yeah, but you don't know my story. You know, you, you don't know how many <laughs> oh, mistakes yes, I've made right in the past. I, I would say this, no matter where you are right now, you can make a positive change. It can happen. Let, let me jump in on this one. You guys know my story, yeah. um, and, and I I would, if I were a betting person, this is one I would bet money on. If there's anybody out there who is in a worse situation, there aren't very many. Mm. I, I can promise you that. Um, <clears throat> we were, uh, when my husband and I married, uh, we had an emergency fund. And, and we were doing all right. I mean, you know, getting started in, in our late 20s, but we were we were okay. Then along comes some significant health issues. We It took over a decade to find out that my husband had Lyme disease, but for several years he was unable to work. And it happened pretty suddenly where we went from two incomes to one. And because we didn't know what the health issue was, then health insurance companies were not going to pay for the treatment that we were trying to get. And so literally I had doctors look at me and say, look, we can try treatment X, but treatment X is only approved by your health insurance for these things over here, none of which is what your husband has. We don't know what he has, but treatment X might work. We think we'll keep him alive if we can do this, but if you're going to do it, you have to pay out of pocket. So it was literally a life or death choice facing me. And what are you going to do? Well, you run through the emergency fund pretty quickly and you buy groceries however you can because, again, we've gone from two incomes to one. And then you start stacking it up on credit cards because it's literally life or death. You would do it, too. And so that's what we did. And when all was said and done, we were looking at over six figures in debt that was just 
what the health insurance companies would not pay. We didn't go out and buy a big boat. We didn't buy a mansion house. We were not stupid with our money. It was life or death. I don't care how you got where you are. If you're in a bad situation, financial education and significant self-discipline over time will get you out. I, I am a testimony of that exact truth. Scott, let me lighten it up a little bit. It's just like going to the doctor. It's just like going to the doctor. Uh, you you not, are not really all that interested in the doctor seeing you know you and your in your natural self, but <laughs> but but I can assure you the doctor has seen them all. He, he he's seen it all before, and it's not that big a deal to the doctor. And so it's the same thing here at Gen Wealth. We've seen all kinds of successful people yep. and not so successful people. Uh, I can tell you that that we have sat in front of some of the wealthiest people in the state. And we have sat in front of some of the most broke people in this state, and all of them need help, all of them need education, all of them need guidance. And that's our mission, that's our goal here at GenWealth, is we want to provide the education, of course, as we like to say, we are education-driven, strategy-based, and team-delivered, and we try to deliver that on every appointment that we have with a client, regardless of what your situation might be. So give us a call wherever you are, let us help you walk through that education and that action to overcome your fears. So fear is fun on this one day of the year, Halloween, right? But it's not fun when it comes to your finances. And I hope we've driven that point home to you today and making financial decisions based on emotion, as I get into my final thought, is not a recipe for success. Making decisions should be made on building a plan. And that's what we do every day for our clients here at GenWealth. You can reach out. John mentioned calling us. The number is 501-653-7355. We have offices in Little Rock, Conway, Hot Springs, Bryant, El Dorado, and Northwest Louisiana. That one number will get you in touch with an advisor near you. Building a plan and allowing yourself to make financial decisions based on that plan rather than your emotions is my final thought. My final thought, guys, is that really any time that we make a financial decision based on fear, it's not a wise decision. And so we would encourage you to set that fear aside. And here's how you do that. Education is the antidote to fear. When you understand, you will not fear. And so come in to see us, get a plan together, and get your personal understanding of what your situation is and how you can move forward to the next step, whether that is, you know, whatever stage of life you might be. If you're, if you're just getting started out or if you're ready to retire or already in retirement, how do you move to that next step? We'll be happy to walk through that educational process with you. Scott, I would say that if you review our, our show today, there's a couple of things. Uh, one is a straightforward approach to to addressing the fears that, that stand in front of you. There's no magic. There's no secrets. Just the application of some fundamental principles that are necessary to get you down the road financially. And the second thing is an emphasis on the fact that sometimes the things that we fear are often just the drumbeat of someone who has an agenda. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get you to do something for their benefit, mm-hmm. not so much your benefit. And you always have to be on guard on that. And that's my th- final thought for the day. Good stuff today, guys. Happy Halloween to everyone watching and listening. We'll talk to you next week. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only.